coming-of-age tales are as old as storytelling itself. They provide an outline for a universal journey that everyone will take at some point in their lives in an attempt to define themselves in relation to the world around them. What are the common threads to this timeless genre? What makes these tales so universally appealing? Why do some experiences ring truer than others? Join the Bonsai Boys, Jay and Travis, in this four-part series as they explore the coming-of-age genre through examples in film, television, literature, and music. When you were in high school, or let's just say middle school, puberty era, right? What, did you have like a token, like an article of clothing that you would constantly, like that was a part of like, almost like your daily wardrobe, uh, a, a token of puberty, if you will, uh, ooh, which would be a good name for a high school reggae band, the tokens of <laughs> what? puberty. What did you wear? What was your what was your um, t-shirt article of clothing? Did you have one? Jay, I'll let you go first. Um, not particularly. Not like one thing. Like I, I remember, um, you know, I always, you know, if from like sixth grade, I've worn Vans, mm. and so Vans have always been like a huge part of the, my the work. sliders or like the chunky skate ones the like the chunkier skate ones mm -hmm. the ones with the like squiggly stripe on the side mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i go through the the slip bonds like i burst out of them like a wolf man oh for sure same because yeah. i walk with my toe poking up for some reason yeah apparently like like the raptor claws ready to yeah. you know pounce <laughs> Exactly. I love the uh, I I mine was Airwalks. I had the Airwalks, but they were they were oh. the same as the as the chunky Vans. And what I loved about them is they got so mushed down, it became like almost velvety in material. Yeah, it, yeah, the, yeah. the heel was always <laughs> you always had to pull your heel back into it. You could wear it like a flip, like a slipper if you wanted to, because that back would just be pressed down there. And I didn't skate. Right. I didn't skate. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. No, I should have just probably stayed away from it. Yeah. And and there's something about when you're a kid too. You, especially boys, I think we're always like, um, we always buy shoe sizes that are bigger than what we what we need. Especially at that age, we're like, no, because that's how Dude, big I, I want that. my feet to be. Yeah, yeah. So everyone. I did that. And so when you were doing something in like your Vans or your Airwalks or your DCs, whatever shoes you had. Those things yeah. would constantly fly off. Like it would be like yep. you try to kick your friend, and then a shoe would just fly in the air. It was <laughs> yep. constantly yep. skate shoes flying across the playground. Yes. Heidi, did you yes. have an article of clothing that you would uh, that you were uh, known for? You constantly wear. Yeah. So I wore Beastie Boy shirts all the time, all the time. Uh, I had them. So I had one in particular that I always wore. I wore it to my quinceañera. I had a quinceañera. I wore a Beastie Boy shirt to my quinceañera. I didn't wear the dress. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Was it a was it a Beastie Boys themed quinceañera? Nope. <laughs> I was not supposed to show up in that shirt, but I was like, you know what? Jay, Jay, how's my pronunciation on that quinceañera? <laughs> That's pretty good. Ah, That's good. yeah, yeah. 
I taught in Phoenix. I, I, I was invited to several quinceañeras. I didn't think it was appropriate, though. At that time, when I started teaching. They were like, uh, they were 16. I was 22. I'm like, this is weird. I'm not going to this. I, I always wanted to. I always wanted to go to one, though. You know. You didn't want to go to mine because, no. like I said, I, I showed well, up and people that, are wearing and then... Beastie Boy shirts. I would. I, I would yeah, go yeah. To that one. And then uh, Adidas, and I wore the ones that were oversized. I have no idea why. I was just thinking that the other day I was buying some shoes, and I'm like, why did I spend so much time buying a size up? What the hell was wrong with me? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone, when you're a kid, you just want, it's like you're buying, you don't know fit for shit. Nope. You just nope. like, uh, <laughs> you know, everything is so big. I, I would swim. Everything was huge. Swim huge. in my shirt. Swim. Yep. And it, and. My biggest, uh, probably insecurity was looking so much younger and yep. childish and Smaller. baby fat than everyone yeah. else. And I would just accentuate that by yep. wearing nightgowns, basically. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's <laughs> correct. Yeah. I'd basically be like Moomoo. They called me Moomoo. That's what they said. I'm like, oh, come on, guys. Can I get like a cool nickname? Like Snake? Snake Pliskin, please? <laughs> Welcome to the Pop Bonsai Podcast. Jay, we are on part two of our coming of age set. Oh, I already feel older mm -hmm. uh, as we move into part two. Uh, so uh, if you're just joining us uh, in the middle of this set, uh, what Jay and I do here in the Pop Bonsai podcast is we take uh, a big theme or a big idea like vinyl or pop culture or diners and we look at at different types of media within pop culture, like books, uh, albums, uh, movies, TV shows, art, and we try to string together some things, some commonalities, try to figure out how pop culture is per uh, portraying these kind of tent poles in our culture. So you joined us on our second coming of age set where we're looking at how coming of age is portrayed in films, in TV, and like I said, uh, albums and books. So Jay, what do we have up for this episode? Well, this episode, uh, we'd like to invite you, our our faithful listening audience, to to remember with us uh, uh, the 1999 show Freaks and Geeks. And we actually have uh, a guest, our second guest ever, um, my friend and uh, stand-up comedian uh, Heidi. Say hello. Hello. Hi, Welcome, Heidi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're really glad you can join us. And um, I I talked to Heidi or a couple weeks ago, and I asked her, "It's like, hey, Heidi, um, by any chance, do you remember that show, Freaks and Geeks?" And she goes, "Of course." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "It's in our handbook as a geek <laughs> that you must watch this." <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. 
Did you guys watch it when it originally aired? I don't think I watched it when it originally aired, but yeah, soon same. after. Um, yeah. Wasn't too far after. How about you, Travis? I because uh, I, I wasn't I didn't grow up in the states, but I'd go and visit in the summertime. And I remember one summer I went back, and they were in the summer rerun season. I was watching TV, and one of the episodes came on. I think it was one of the earlier episodes. I was like, "This is amazing! This is a great TV show." So for the rest of that summer, I tried to catch it. I did, we didn't have a TV guide or or, uh, or one of those fancy cable boxes that just shows you what's going on. Yeah, the and, menu. Yeah, and so I never caught it again. And then I saw the whole season when they released it on DVD. Mm-hmm. So that was like early, mm-hmm. uh, like 2006, maybe 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. And just watched the hell out of that. It was such a comfort like show and interesting and funny. Um, it went well with my recreational habits at that time. Uh, so it was a real, <laughs> a, a real good space out and watch, uh, uh, television on there. You're talking about playing drums, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> drums. yeah that's what I thought. <laughs> Brushing up on multiplication yeah, and division. Exactly. 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 <laughs> athlete, Travis the athlete. <laughs> yeah. I kept, I kept, I, I, I was like, I remember I, I got really into it. I was watching it and I was teaching high schoolers. I'm like, uh, you know how you have those days be- before holidays where it's like movie day. I was thinking, I'm like, can I just bring in like a, like, a couple can we just watch a couple episodes of Freaks and Geeks? <laughs> and I'm like, they put it, they showed it on television. It's gotta be appropriate yeah, for, totally. for kids, right? Did you show it? Uh, I don't think I did. I, I was think I was too afraid the principal will walk in and be like, What are you doing? As as like someone's taking a bong rip in, in the the show or something like that. Or like, they're talking I'm about helping like them. It, and there's like uh yeah, or like someone's talking about once having a penis uh would be <laughs> It'd be a rough episode. You'd have to really <laughs> cherry pick your episodes to show the class. <laughs> totally. Maybe the Halloween one. The Halloween one. Could there's under each? I yeah. don't know. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> but now I got sixth graders, so that's all we do is watch Freaks, freaks and Geeks. Nice. Is, no. <laughs> so did everyone? Did, it, did uh, I know that we we've all watched it and, and did it? Did everyone get a chance to rewatch at least a couple episodes? Uh, or your memory so good? I yeah, we watched them all. Yeah, I was gonna go into this, and I told Jay, I said, yeah, I'll I'll watch a couple of them. I'm not gonna watch all 18 episodes. It's like 18 hours Mm -hmm. of television. I'm not gonna do it. I started watching it, and I I rewatched all of them. Right? It's It's hard not to. It is. It is. It is very tough to not watch it. So let's get into this by I guess tying this into the the coming of age thing. So uh, freaks and geeks isn't breaking ground as far as being in a coming of age genre for television. There certainly have been shows on television before Freaks and Geeks that centered around that change from childhood into adulthood. So what do you think makes Freaks and Geeks unique in their approach to how they they handle this coming of age situation? Um, Heidi, go ahead. For me, it was like, it was probably the most like well-written one as far as like more being honest about that coming of age, um, where you saw like some of the pretty in pink or like the 16 candles type stuff. You're like, that actually does not and will not ever happen. Mm. But this is like, dude, yeah, that's, this is something I knew that guy. I was friends with that. I was that person. It was just more of an honest, more authentic genuine experience of that coming of age i think 
in Jay? Yeah. Yeah. There were a few things, you know, and first of all, like watch, I've seen it in, in its entirety, maybe three or four times, but I think I liked it more mm-hmm. this time. Yeah. Than, same. Than I ever have. Yes. Yes. Totally. And, and it's funny Cause, cause my wife asked me, she's like, did you skip over like this episode or that episode? Like, and I'm like, no, th- that was like one of the best ones. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. uh, like she, she mentioned the one with, uh, uh, gosh, the, 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 I don't remember his name, but the boy that, that found his dad cheating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that one was so boring. She's like, that one was so boring. I'm like, no, it wasn't. It was actually really good. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but that's, that's one of the things that I found really interesting about that show is that it, the outcomes aren't necessarily what you think they're going to be, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like, like it's, it's, you know, like you were saying, it's, it's so much more real in a way that I had never seen, you know, like, um, uh, gosh, for example, uh, the, the, the one I was just talking about, um, you know, the, the, the kid asks, you know, tells his mom, he agonizes over telling his mom that his dad's cheating on her and he finally gets around to it and she goes, yeah, I know. You know, mm-hmm. and, then, and then he tells his brother, and he goes, "Yeah, I know." And he goes, "He goes, dude, look at the outcome. Do you really want Dad to leave? Is that what you want? You want to go hang out in his, in his shitty little apartment on the weekends? You know, and, and that was so real, just, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like, so eye opening that, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that. You know, it's it doesn't it's just not cut and dry. The little the little arcs aren't aren't like cut and dry and happy ending. You know, it's like, it's like that. Yeah. 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 Like bad shit happens and you got to deal with it. You right. You, to go on both that, the Heidi realism that you picked up on and Jay, what you're just talking about, you really see the torch being passed in the very first opening scene, the very first episode up until that point, you know, we had, you know, now two and Oh Dawson's Creek, I guess Melrose mm-hmm. place so a little bit older, Those, you know, party of five. <laughs> Uh, and the show starts off with the, the jock and the cheerleader talking on the, mm-hmm. the bleachers and, yeah. the, you know, they're saying things like, oh, I love you so much. And like, you're so special <laughs> to me. And like, I, I gotta say that this is, and then the camera pans over, we kick in some rock music and then we see mm-hmm. the archetypes of the freaks you know, talking about a, a ver- having a conversation very similar to the types of bullshit conversations that you would have with your friends at yep. that age. Uh, and within 10 seconds, it, it's just like, oh, this is this is different. This is different than what you're used to for an hour drama on on television. And it, it does feel even though it's I I don't laugh out loud a lot when I'm watching stuff in this rewatch. I, I laughed out loud all the time and but i i don't know if i would consider this show a genre a comedy it feels like that hour-long drama that just hap that is funny because it's so awkward in its realism you know yeah yeah well even the casting of like for example sam and all of his friends the fact that they're just not like dawson's creek right like they don't look like they look like those little nerdy kids that got pushed around and you're like i feel that Mm -hmm. you're like i was that Mm -hmm. they're like you know just small and awkward and you're like oh yeah Mm -hmm. that even the casting because they could have cast any kid that like looked like you know, the 90210 kids and all that stuff and, and made them seem tortured, but nope, they went for realism. 
Yeah, yeah. the the only one that feels uh, a little bit more polished is the Franco character. Uh, yeah. And I, 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 you know, it's it's Jay mentioned earlier that he enjoyed watching it now more than he remembers enjoying it, and I had the same feeling. I almost. I guess when I when we when we said we were going to do this, I said I'll watch a couple because I assumed I was going to. It wasn't going to strike me the way it did when I was nineteen, twenty watching this. And like you, Jay, I found myself more enthralled with it and more touched by it, and found it more realistic. I think when I was nineteen or twenty, I was watching it because it was cool. I thought it was cool. And like, for me, the Franco character was like, that's the cool, like that's the coolest character, right? He's designed to be that way. But this time, um, as Heidi was saying, I really connected to like the, the geeks, like Sam and his friends who are just these ugly, not ugly, but awkward, um, uh, realistic portrayals of, who like I was growing up and who a lot of us are in, in most ways. Um, and I found that really interesting and just like, wow, like the, the characters I did not, that I would kind of zone out whenever their scene came on before when I watched it in my uh, late teens, twenties are the ones that I was most attracted to now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even the dad, like watching the first episode <laughs> again, I was like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. why I sound like that dad now. He's like, and then so-and-so's dead now. Yeah, and yeah. so-and-so's dead now. <laughs> He does it. He's it says a perfect joke because he sets it up with the, uh, you know, I had a friend who smoked. You know what happened to him? He's dead. And then later he sets it up so well. He's just like, you know, I went to high school with a girl who got pregnant once. Uh, what happened to her? She died. She she's died. dead. <laughs> she, you think she's gonna die from pregnancy, but no, she died of an overdose. It has nothing to do with pregnancy whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Do you have any friends that are alive?" He's like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." That was just funny because I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's total." I feel like that dad now. <laughs> like they're dead now. They're dead mm -hmm. now. <laughs> Isn't that weird? How when you when you watch something growing up. You identify like there was a point where you you know you you could identify with with Sam and Neil mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and then and then you identify with like Lindsay and, and yes. then now now like that I'm in my forties I'm like hey that Mr. Rosso guy is not <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I like After the gym the, we'll talk about <laughs> well, our favorite I like the, I like the gym coach I was like the gym coach is pretty cool oh, yeah. um, <laughs> but you know I think what you were talking about there it's a good point Jay is that when you this coming of age genre when you, when you're watching these stories that take place in high schools or take place in in very kid centric settings uh, like a Days the Confused uh, or uh, Freaks and Geeks um, type movie or show as a kid when you're watching it you're looking at the characters that you want to be right the characters you want to be but when you're older when you're past maybe that coming of age point in your life and you're looking back you're looking at the characters that you were right and so when you're a kid you're like oh i want to be uh you know wooderson in days to confuse that's cool i want to be the matthew mcconaughey yeah, yeah. character or i want to be yeah, randall randall pink floyd <laughs> but then when you look back yeah. you're like oh no i'm the kid who always touches his nose too much 
that's that's who I was, you know. Um, and when, but when you're right. watching that movie, you're like skip over this part, like give me give me <laughs> Matt, weird. Give you Matthew McConaughey walking into like a uh, Bob Dylan song. I want to watch, but now you're like, no, I want to see this kid get spanked on the baseball field. <laughs> totally <laughs> so we talk about in this show uh uh let's talk about the archetypes in the show because uh, they seem to to be reoccurring archetypes in coming of age stories uh we have of course the two big groups the freaks and the geeks right but within those two groups you have subcategories right you have let's so if we take the the geeks for ex, uh, example. You have Sam, who's kind of like the everyman geek, right? Uh, just someone who hasn't yeah. puberty has just not hit him, so that's he's relegated to this grouping of of geeks. Then you have um, Martin Starr's character, who is uh, Bill, and Bill is an interesting character, a very touching character, who is a geek almost because of genetics, right? Where he has. Yeah. All he's he's awkward looking. There's an episode where he talks about his mom is really it's touching where he talks about like uh you know she she drank and and did drugs during the pregnancy and you know he's got all these these problems going on with him. Then you have um, uh, Sam Levine's character Neil, uh, who is a geek because of the things you know he does impressions and he basically he's like an old man in a little boy's body, <laughs> right? <laughs> Then you have the uh, freaks where you have the cool guy, Franco. You have the stoner um, who is Jason Siegel's character. Who is, what's his name? Jason Siegel's character. Why isn't he on this list? Oh, uh, Nick. Ken. Yeah. Oh, Nick. Nick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ken. Yeah. Yeah. Ken is, I don't know. They never really quite figured out what to do with Ken as much in this thing. Then you have the, uh, um, uh, what's her name? Not Buster. I was one. Busy Phillips. Uh, Busy, plays, yes. Plays Kim, and she's like the mean girl bully. So you have all these archetypes so well in there. So I'll, I'll throw this out there. One, what was an archetype that you thought they did really well, and or um, why do you ultimately getting to the idea of why is it okay that these coming of age stories rely on these archetypes? What, what could be a reason that? coming of age stories constantly rely on these archetypes i know I, that's a lot of questions so answer them all right now <laughs> <laughs> oh, good jay um well i so is it sam levine or sam levine jay <laughs> that's a, that's that's a real sam levine uh thing to say no it might be levine so anyway neil schweiber uh <laughs> he uh I I really like that character. Okay, so first of all, I I I think the thing that makes this so unique is that I think, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I you know Judd Apatow and the writers and producers I think were in these roles at some yes. point in life, and that's why they can tell it from that perspective. They're not like, you know, they're not the the jock guy writing about. Hey, remember those nerds? This is what they must have been like <laughs> yeah. to be them. It's well, right. well, Paul <laughs> Paul Feig, the, the the show creator and producer, says like that he was the Sam character. Like he wrote, yeah, the, okay, the, yeah. yeah, designed that to be that. Mm -hmm. But I really liked um, uh, Sam Levine's character because I've known people like that, and they're the the geeks 
who try so hard not to be, but, but they are, mm-hmm. and, and they don't even realize it really. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, they, they try so hard and, but they still are. They yeah. have that, that great you know? moment with that Neil character where he's talking about dressing, where they're talking about how they dress. He goes, yeah, yeah. look at me, Sam, look at how I dress. I dress cool. All right. <laughs> yeah, I take care of myself. I groom myself. I dress yeah, well. I groom myself properly. I dress well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? He's so sincere about it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's that's an arc lots of people play with adults play with a chemistry test they're called scientists sam (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're right yeah you don't see that that often where like that it's the lack of self-awareness in that character is so real for that archetype where it's not just like i've got tape on my glasses i'm a nerd yeah 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 for me uh uh the busy Phillips character really stood out to me a lot more this time. Mm. Um, and I think it's just cause I'm, I'm older now and I don't have to pretend to be cool. I don't, I don't care anymore. Um, but I remember I'm like, I spent so much time either trying to please that type of character girl or trying to get out of her way or, um, be in her good graces, you know, just like constantly it was a moving target as a girl. Mm-hmm. Like you're either a nerd that's going to be get beat up by this girl or she's going to get upset that you're talking to her boyfriend, you know. So it was a, a moving target for girls. And I don't know if most girls had that, but I was like, I knew that busy Phillips. Like I had that girl in my life at various points. And I'm like, they just cast her so well. Yeah, I, I really like that, and I, I think that we th- when we think of uh, the typical uh, coming of age or archetype bully, we, we typically think of the 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 kid who's like bullying Sam and the other the geeks, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, we we typically think that as like a male archetype. But by mm-hmm. making busy this character Kim doing that, mm-hmm. you're like, wow, what just like? I mean, she's so manic in turns, mm-hmm. and that 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 falseness of of uh, am I her friend? Does she like me or is she just using me? And exactly. I'm like, I was Lindsay all the time. Like, mm-hmm. are we cool? Why are we not cool? How come you hate me? Yeah. And then also We're you cool. have to, and, and then you ask yourself, well, why does Lindsay even want to be friends with her? Which exactly. is which is the same thing we ask ourselves when we're growing up. Like, why do I care? Like, why do I want to be friends with her? Why does it, why am I giving her so many chances mm-hmm. on there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that these archetypes, archetypes in general, become important in the coming of age story. Because at some point, you're like, "Well, is this just lazy writing? We're not creating these characters from whole cloth." But there is a reason that these stories typically take place around high school. This microcosm of it, uh, because we haven't, we're not the as younger kids, we're not well rounded enough. We haven't identified it. We haven't created a self identity. So we're just stepping into roles right Mm -hmm. you see that a lot in coming of age stories is stepping into the role and really one of the maybe the uh when when that moment of epiphany has happened as it does for Lindsay at that last episode or starts to happen more is you have to step into the archetype in order to step out of the archetype ultimately and it's the stepping out of the archetype that is the coming of age moment it's yes. it is the it, the the archetype is the armor we don to get us through those years through right. those age and some people never get out of it you know they never have that uh correct and that's yeah. that's the sad part when they don't 
that's that's a truly sad part. Yeah. I'm like just yeah. thinking about like so many coworkers. I'm like, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to I want to break up the series. Talk about uh, coming of age with some questions that as I was watching this marathon viewing of uh, uh, freaks and geeks that came up uh, that I thought would be interesting. So in this uh, show, we have a lot of talk about two comedians that populate the pop culture world of the show, which are Bill Murray and Steve Martin. So right now, lay it on the line. You cannot change this no matter how far. This is for perpetuity. <laughs> Who do you? Whose camp are you in? You got to pick one. Steve oh, Martin, Bill Murray. Man. I shan't pick I think one. I, I think I know. I think I know Jay's. I think I know Jay's. <laughs> well, uh, I think if I if I had to, okay, um, I think. Maybe I, I enjoy Bill Murray's movies. Uh, uh, there's more Bill Murray movies that I enjoy than Steve Martin ones. I think. Mm -hmm. What? Um, it by a hair. Careful, by like you Careful, know. Jay. By like a, I, I should stop talking now. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm gonna step in. He's gonna come back to haunt you. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi, you're not answering. You're not giving. You're not committing it. No, nope, I love both of them, man. Mm. They're they're both geniuses in their own right, and both deserve to be well respected in their own universe. It's like I'm not even going to geek out totally, but you know, there's certain like superheroes you can't just say like oh well that no man no you can't do that <laughs> <laughs> i love them both they're, they're both great uh but if if i had to live in a world without one of them which one would i lose i would lose bill murray i i'm, I'm i i think steve martin <gasps> I, I have more of a connection to to, to, steve, to steve martin i i love i think i don't know i, I think steve steve martin they, they they had similar arcs, but I feel like Steve Martin just his comedy just he kind of goes on the kinder side. He comes from like the the kinder side of, of things, and that a little bit yeah, wackier yeah. maybe. In if you look at his his whole uh, thing in there, but I just I don't know. I, I think I think Steve Martin. But again, it's I don't want to kill Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> but if 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 is a Sophie's Choice situation, Steve Martin. I'm all take me, take yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to live in the world without either one. <laughs> all right, so we have. Um, so maybe we, we we talked a little bit about the archetypes. We talked about um, uh, what separates this show from previous uh, versions of coming of age shows on on television. Um, what what benefits do you think having a a coming of age? show like this on television where when it's coming out it's coming out once per week how do you think that that differs as far as a medium for pop culture with this genre does it have benefits or minuses uh as opposed to uh you know a a really big budget freaks and geeks movie same type of characters same type of cast what what's the benefit of this this weekly uh dispersal of of shows when it comes to the genre honestly i i don't think 
I think shows that come out that are like this, that are a little too real like this, people don't like. Mm-hmm. I think either because most people either don't want to admit it and want to put it in their past or weren't like that. They didn't get characters like that. Another movie, another show I can think of just off the top of my head was My So-Called Life. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Bingo. It, it, Jordan Galano. It, <laughs> yeah, it's like most people are the douche jocks mm-hmm. you know and they can't they they don't know but for the the few people that get it i think it's it's wonderful i think it's so uh it's almost like reaffirming in a way it's it's almost like okay it's it's okay to be in my skin because obviously other people were and this kind of crap happens to other people apparently it's not just me kind of lets you I don't know, smooths things over a little bit. Mm-hmm. But like I said, for those that get it, it's awesome. But most people don't, or they don't want to, or they don't want to admit it. Mm-hmm. So, eh, I don't know. I don't really know if there's any benefit to showing shows like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I think it's I obviously for the character development, right? Like, you can't get the depth. Even for something as as uh, trivial as 90210, they had some, like, hard-hitting episodes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but you would not have gotten that. You would have gotten a, um, what is that movie with, um, um, the one that says As If, Clueless. Mm-hmm. You would have gotten Clueless. something like that, right? Then you kind of yeah. get something that's just very superficial. It's like they had to speed Which it up. Which also had a like, TV wait. show. There was a clueless TV show for a while. There was, yeah. Mm-hmm. I never saw it, but yeah, I mean, there was. But it's like you're like, wait, he she marries her stepbrother. You're like, wait, what? Like so. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. So there's not enough character development. It's and it just seems very superficial. Although um, some of the other like '80s teen movies did do a pretty good job, where like. Um, you know, the 16 candles got a little bit harder and in depth of things, but still they, you needed that episode by episode on a weekly basis to get to the, the root of some of these characters. Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah, I think I I agree with those ideas. I think also, you know, when we think of that weekly hour long television, it it could be something like Buffy where it's like the, the monster of the week or uh, something like uh, a CSI where it's the case of the week. When it comes to these more social shows, uh, I think freaks and geeks does a really good job of not making it the social issue of the week. It's not like Kelly does caffeine pills and, you know, (laughs) does whatever it is. She's so excited. Yeah. It's more, we're just kind of turning the camera around. And there are like, um, you know, issues. I mean, they're all in every episode, there's issues, but Mm -hmm. it it doesn't, it's not so in your face. And what I like about doing coming of age in a weekly hour long episode is when we read coming of age books or sometimes movies, you see them go through their whole arc in an hour and a half, two hours. And, uh, there's a false sense of like, oh, you know what? So I'm going to have this moment and then things are going to change for me as opposed to, this long it doesn't happen overnight you get to see especially i noticed it with sam and and the and the sam. the geeks mm-hmm. where it's just there there's slow sh- small victories here and there that mm-hmm. that progressively cuz the the geeks do get cooler 
a little bit cooler, but not like this huge arc, you know, like more people talk to them. And, you know, like a great example is when Sam is bullied and he, they strip him and he's running through the halls naked. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is mortifying. But it gives him a little bit of cred. You know, right. it gives him a little right. bit of cred. He starts dating the popular girl, which was very yes. unrealistic. So unrealistic. <laughs> I was wondering from a boy standpoint, I'm like, does that actually happen? <laughs> Not really. But at the I same at, so. at the same time, I what I love about that is how many friends in high school did you have that went that dated someone outside your clique and there was that conflict about them being absorbed into those archetypes of the clique in like, Hey, at the end of the episode was like, are you going to eat lunch with us today? He goes, yeah, he goes, right. Yeah. Right. You know? Uh, and yeah. so I've had buddies who are like, we didn't see for like two months because they're dating like a tennis player. And you're like, what are you doing? And you're like, what are you, why are you wearing? Why are you wearing that sweater? You're like, well, I have to try to fit in, you know, because you're being so a, funny. You say know. that about the whole click thing. Cause I thought about that. I tried to date outside of my click and it got, it was bad. Yeah. It was real bad. Well, first of all, I got rejected, but mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so it didn't last very long, but I thought like we were going somewhere. So um, it was like a progression of like a whole semester of me talking to this guy that was a football player. And meanwhile, so I was in the punk scene and a Mohawk. I had purple hair. I mean, I was not like cute at all, but he was really nice to me. And we would talk every day at lunch and I have no idea why now to this, you know, like, I'm like, why did we talk? So eventually um, we were um, going towards our class after lunch and I said, hey, you want to go to prom together? And he laughed at me and he was all, no. And I'm like, okay, why not? And he's like, I'm going to go with a cheerleader. And I was all, oh. And he's like, that's what we do. Ah, and I'm like, uh, yeah, and you're exactly. like, hey, ho, let's go. Hey, <laughs> that's and, pretty drastic, Heidi. Oh, drastic it was, yeah, yeah, exactly. And all my friends were like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you're talking to a football player, and I'm like, yeah, man, but like, he's like a cool guy, like, he's really smart. Mm -hmm. And I thought, like, I was gonna like turn it around, like, this is gonna be like, you know, <laughs> that union of like worlds. Well, I, I think pop culture romance, <laughs> I think pop culture romanticizes that idea of dating outside your clique. I mean, how yeah, many yeah, times, yeah. like, uh, does Pacey decide that he's going to right. date, you know, like the uh, the the dorky girl? Uh, right, and it right. doesn't it doesn't work out, right? <laughs> and I remember having that too about being like a, a, a crush will develop on someone who's yeah. like I had one who was like a very this very Christian girl and stuff like that. But I'm like, ooh, maybe that like there's like maybe the two opposites will create this new. I, but there is pop culture constantly romanticizes that. I mean, even yeah. back to Romeo and Juliet, two houses. Yeah. Well, I guess they're both alike in dignity and grace, but. Um, <laughs> But at the same time, yeah, it, you're right. different. The wrong side of the tracks, you know. Yes, yes, yeah. totally. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about some 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 favorite episodes. Okay, so the rules are none of this bullshit. Well, I got two, and then you say two, and then you take someone one of someone else's. The <laughs> rules are: Does everyone have like the episode list pulled up where you can see the the name of the now. episode? Oh, that's, a, that's a good. That's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. So I got I got mine pulled up, so I'll continue bantering as I see you guys' eyes uh, on your on your screen. Um, so there are eighteen total episodes. However, the when you when they're laid out in the track, the last three and correct me if I'm wrong 
were unaired. And so they're out of chronological order. Um, and they're also the weakest ones. But um, uh, but uh, they are out of it. So the, the, the arc of the show really ends, I think, on like episode 15. All right. Hmm. Uh, we'll let our guests go first. I'm trying to think like what my favorite one was. Um, you know, I... I remember, I know you hate apparently the last three episodes, but <laughs> those are some of my favorite ones because I remember like, so my brother actually introduced me to the show. He was into it and uh, I was watching it finally and I saw the last episode and I'm like, that's not it. Like that, there's no way, mm. like it's going to, it's going to come back. Right. And he's like, no, it's not ever going. Like yeah. it was many years later. He's well, like, it's one of those back. three is a uh, really Kim Kelly uh, or Kim centered episode. Is that your, is exactly. that your favorite? That's the one. That's the one. Yep. Her dad, her, yep. her stepdad is so great in that. Yes. Yes. Mm. That's the one. When he's exactly beating on the car, just like, get out. How terrifying <laughs> is that moment? Like I feel yes. just like, <laughs> Oh my God, this is terrifying. Yes, yes, that develops yes. Kim's characters. You really get yes. to see that other side of the, uh, of the tracks. Also, mm -hmm. very realistic, too, like using her. And when the episode yeah. ends, when the episode ends, it's not like you love Kim. She's right. And, right. and normally a normal TV show would be like, oh, everything's good now. And we're best friends. Mm -hmm. And it's not that way at all. Right. Right. Yep. Jay, do you find your favorite? You know, uh, I did. And, and it's. It's been my favorite. I tried to go through and maybe uh, see. I'm like, did any of them, you know, like hit me any more than my 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 go to favorite? But I, I think my favorite one is um, the Halloween episode. Mm -hmm. That one, trick one. treats. Yeah, that one's a good one for so so many reasons. Um, like, okay, just to name a few, the 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 whole thing with with Lindsay and her mother. Um, and, and her mom's like, "Hey, we're gonna be doing this thing, we, you know, like we always do, Lindsay. We're gonna dress yes. up, and you know, and oh my gosh, that was so sad. Like yes. it's like the first year, his her daughter doesn't want to do it with her. Yes, you know, yeah. And, totally. Oh my gosh, and I'm getting that. I have a 16 year old daughter. I was just gonna say, are you with that phase now? It's getting there. It's getting there. And I have an right. 18 year old, an 18 year old son, and mm -hmm. it's like. Yeah, I'm that like, hey, was. You guys want to watch a Marvel movie? What? No. <laughs> totally, totally. That was such a huge episode for Gene, uh, uh, the mom, Becca, and uh, Baker to um, because the parents. The first couple episodes, they they are very stock, but as mm -hmm. the season goes on, they become more and more endearing, more and more realistic, more and more complex. And that Halloween episode really marks the. For for me, the 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 change in 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 those parents being seen as oh they're not just background characters. This is a story. This is their story too. Uh, of what right. is it like to witness someone going through this these coming of age moments? Uh, you're you're a dad, you know. So Jay, like you're talking about doing that. Uh, do you so you you see that in your kids? Do you how do you do you do you use pop culture to help them out at all? Because you know that maybe they're past the point of being sitting down having a lecture, but you're like. Uh, if you hear something, do you ever like, you know, prescribe a, hey, watch Freaks and Geeks or or watch this episode or watch this movie or listen to this album? No. So 
I guess, I mean, I was exaggerating a little bit there. So I haven't had that with, with me yet because they still like a lot of the stuff that I like, but I see it with each other, you know, like with, with them, like, um, you know, with, with my son, um, and you know, it's like the, they're getting, one of them is getting too old to, to play with the other one. And, and my mm. youngest daughter is like, I want to play cars. And my 13 year old boy is like, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, seeing that is more heartbreaking than yeah. doing it with me. Cause they're like, oh, the gosh, they used to be like such little chums. And now yeah. one, of them, one of them's aging out. You know? Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I have 10 years difference between my kids. And uh, just today we were in the car and, Alino said something about like it's really hard to talk to you know our youngest the four-year-old Vera and I'm like we'll just love her like that's all you have to do is just love her Mm -hmm. you don't have to do much just she's four and she's just like I do and she's like I just don't know what to talk to her about like she's four like she doesn't care (laughs) but it's it's so weird because like you said like prescribed pop culture like I was all about Parker Posey growing up Mm -hmm. and so I'm like watch this Parker Posey movie and she's like "Mm, no thanks (laughs) (laughs) I have an allergy to that medication that prescription Exactly. What, what you said there, uh, what you guys said about the, the, the kids there reminded me of something that I really loved about this. So my sister's four years older than me. So when she had just left high school when I was going into high school, but we, it was a shared middle school, high school. So when she was in high school, we'd bump into each other and they get the younger brother, older sister, that four year difference yes. apart. Oh my gosh. That was like so dead on as far and one of the things that i see sam becoming is i see once you know Lindsay leaves that school him be him and his friends becoming the freaks like picking up with the music picking up with the style and all that and is that passing of a the torch how does how does teenage culture get passed from one generation to the other as far as traditions? It usually comes from the, the teens who have older brothers and sisters, and they watch them, they, they idolize them, they pick up on things, they bring their own stuff in, but there is this kind of current that, that keeps teenage culture from changing too much because there is a passing down of that torch. Now, you know, high school and 2021 looks different than high school in 1950s, but there are still some elements that are very much the same because they, oh, yeah. they just haven't been able to be watered down in in that passing of those things. Well, I think like jocks, right? Like the fact that there are jocks and nerds, like that's still been a thing forever, mm-hmm. right? That, yeah. that, that dynamic has never changed mm-hmm. and there's still a division between that dynamic there's sure. not like really so many kids that are like well i'm both a nerd and i'm you know an athlete mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah oh, and it's still like that it's still like that you know my son uh is in band and mm-hmm. he's not a jock right and he tells me stuff that he goes through and i'm like this should ever change <laughs> no it's so it's- bizarre <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. How bizarre! How bizarre! <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. My kid. So my kid was born gothic, and uh, she's just gothic. And I, I see how people like talk to her and treat her, and I'm like, man, it never ever changes. Hmm. So, but I know the the dynamic you were talking about, Sam and Lindsay, because my brother and I are three years apart, 
And I was Lindsay a lot of times where I was defending him because he would get beat up or bullied or whatever. And I was that big sister of like, hey, get away from him. And he's like, don't defend. You know what I mean? Like, I felt so bad. But then um, in high school, he got bigger. Mm -hmm. Then he was taller than all the kids. And then kids were like, oh, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, how's it going, Mark? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was such an awesome part. I forgot yeah, about yeah, that yeah. part. Yeah. It was like the very first episode. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Like, gosh, mm-hmm. It's so cool that Lindsay's yeah. so tough, man. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. But later, like in the episode, like that Kim Kelly episode you're talking about where she's mm-hmm. being rude to him, like she doesn't have his back as, as much on that. And that's, yeah, that's very realistic too, is like sometimes they can be very totally. sweet and sometimes they're like, yeah, you, maybe you are a geek. And yeah, that cuts yeah, yeah. him so deep. Like, you know, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I think my favorite, yeah. my favorite episode uh, I was I was about to break my own rule. I was about to be my two favorite episodes are. I'm like since I went last, I can I can pick two. And no, um, ooh, which one am I gonna say? Okay, so I'm gonna go because they have very. Uh, I'm gonna go with choking and toking. Um, this is the episode uh, where Lindsay tries pot, and this is where uh, uh, Bill uh, it, it almost dies from eating the peanut. Um, and yes, a couple of things yes. I like about this one. There, one, I think this is some of Linda Linda Cardellini's best acting in this. Uh, she's yeah. in this rewatch, I was just floored by her acting ability that I did not yeah. appreciate when I when I first was watching the, these shows, uh, you know, Same. many years ago. And and this one it isn't the, the, the pot stuff, it is when she is stoned and her friend her like bible friend is yes. is, is talking millie? yeah millie yeah. very good <laughs> millie helps her get out of the situation and she's talking to mm-hmm. millie about like what you know like why aren't we friends anymore and she goes i thought we were friends mm-hmm. no but not like really and and there's and she's like well let's we're gonna start hanging out more and stuff like that and you and millie says it she goes the part that sucks is that you know tomorrow when you become unst- when you're not stoned, we're just going to go back to being acquaintances, and that struck me in the coming of age thing. We talked about this, uh, Jay. I think last episode with City of God is part of the things that make coming of age so sad to me, and why I usually cry even at like happy moments coming of age is because there is there are lines you cannot go back. There, are, mm-hmm. when you when you when you cross over that, you can't go back to that innocence, and you can't go back to those connections that you had when you were there. And I had friends that I hung out with, like were my 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 buddies in elementary school and middle school. But when I got into music and started hanging out with a different crowd, things just weren't the yep. same. And we were always friendly, and we always had each other's backs in a sense, but we weren't hanging out, and yeah. and we weren't ha- we weren't having those things. And so that mo- moment was beautifully acted. One and two, so mm-hmm. touching. And then when you pair that with Bill almost dying and that bully scene where his bully comes in and is like, man, I, I wanted to be like you. It pairs so well with 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 Millie's thing. I, 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 but you knew, you weren't nice to me. You, you didn't let me play with your rocket. And now I'm supposed to be all nice to you. Uh, yeah. And then he invites them. He's like, well, why don't you come to the sci-fi con? You know, he's like, oh, man, William yeah. Shatner's going to be there. And at the end, you see him. He's just like, I can't do it. When he sees them all yeah. dressed up, all dorky, he's like, I can't do it. Like that episode, yeah. like I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know, like a couple of nights ago, I'm just like, holy shit. <laughs> this is too much, man. 
right? It's too real. Totally. It is too real. It's so funny because, so like, I grew up in LA and most of the kids were like gangster kids. And me being like, just like this, like punk kid, there was that time where like, man, I can't talk to like these little kids that are all into gangs. I'm, I'm only talking to the punk kids now. Yeah. And, but I would see them like, Hey, Heidi, what's up? And I'm like, Hey, mm-hmm. and it's like, we're not the same anymore. Like we're not tight. I don't even know your world. Like mm-hmm. that was just like, dang that, like you said, it's just like, you can't go back. You can't go back. You can't it. go back. Yeah. No. So weird. Well, as we're approaching yeah. the, the last little part of our uh, episode here, I've been asking you guys some questions, but I, I don't want to, I want to, I don't want to uh, hog uh, the directions here. So uh, is there, when you were watching these or when you were rethinking about these episodes, is there anything that you, either of you want to bring up or, 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 or pose to the group as far as uh, things that you've noticed or, uh, or curious about? Um, so one of the things that, that I kind of didn't like about this. Mm-hmm. And it was just a small, I'm just, you know, picking nits here. But so when, uh, in one of the beginning episodes, they, they kind of explain um, uh, Lindsay's reason for, you know, going to the, the, you know, hanging out with the burnouts and they kind of attribute to her grandmother dying, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she's kind of depressed. Right, right. She, you know, she's kind of starting to, you know, uh, uh, her, her act out toehold on realities kind of, yeah, yeah. She's acting out. And, yeah. And I'm like, why does it have to be a reason? Why, why can't shit, why can't you just realize sh- that shit sucks? You know what you can't really, that's, that's what I did. You know, I didn't have a reason. I had a really good childhood. I didn't, you know, but when I got to, I was like, look at those guys. I'm like, yeah, your shit sucks. Your football (laughs) games and your music and everything you stand for is total (laughs) bullshit. And it sucks. You know, the music you listen to, the, the, the movies you watch, your humor, your clothes. I hate them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not, I don't want any part of it. I'm going to go over here where, you know, and then in grade school, those guys never liked me anyway. Exactly. So why, why should I kiss their why ass? Why should I conform to, to that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. That's exactly that. So that's, I mean, that's why I gravitated towards the punk scene. Because they didn't care that I didn't have the newest sneakers. Right. They didn't care I had the, you know, the flyest whatever. They didn't care. They were like, you're a weirdo. You don't fit in. Cool. Come on over. And that's yeah, exactly what exactly. attracted me to that group. And you're right. It, it's not like a necessary like um, something dramatic had to happen in order for me to go to that that side or whatever. It was just one of those things where it's like I never really fit in with that group. So I found a group of people that finally understands me. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie to myself and, and pretend to yeah. like what the, those people like because mm-hmm. it would totally, you know, not be genuine to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, it's funny that you you bring that up because I thought that that was weird too, and I'm like, I'll let that one pass. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> yeah. I, I guess I didn't. I, I didn't have a problem. I didn't. I didn't have a problem with that so much because you, I, as part of the coming of age genre, you often see this. What kicks it off would be some kind of tragic event 
that uh, puts a character into a heightened state of change needs to be made. So mm-hmm. it, 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 think of it in the, the terms of the hero's journey, right? We have the ordinary world and then we have the crossing the threshold, right? Um, and you need that, that moment, that push. That character always needs that push. Sometimes it's a threshold like a guardian, a catalyst, yes. or sometimes it's a threshold mm-hmm. guardian that helps him get across. Now, mm-hmm. in, in reality, like something like maybe like Catcher in the Rye, uh, which is we'll talk about a lot next week, uh, but in, <laughs> is in the fictional version of Coming of Age is how do we get a character from the ordinary world into this new world, which we're going to see them explore and ultimately grow from. And so for Lindsay, right. she needed that catalyst to get her in there. And that line, and, and instead of spending an episode, you know, where we meet Lindsay as who she is, we get to put her right into geek mode by that line of like, oh, she's been acting weird ever since grandma died. And she started wearing our dad's Vietnam, you know, jacket. Right, 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 um, right. So from a storytelling aspect, I get the choice, but is that, always the case when it comes to uh, us as the audience living it. And that's, I think, where where pop culture's portrayal of coming of age, which is one of the things we try to do on this podcast, is to see the difference of the reality of a big idea as opposed to the portrayal of it in pop culture. Jay, I think you stumbled onto one of those biggest differences, that oftentimes in the coming of age genre, you do have to have some sort of catalyst tragedy or some event to a varying degree to put that character into that world. For often, for most of us, it's just like, I started high school. I started middle school. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my voice dropped or whatever it is. And you're like, I have to deal with this new situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I just wonder how, like... You brought up a good point too earlier, Jay, about like jocks, like or the, like. There's a lot of people that don't get it, and I'm like, that's so bizarre to me that there are people that that just floated through high school. Like, I don't understand that world. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's so weird, right? Like they just, I, I just, well, like I just don't, I don't understand where some young kids draw their strength and confidence from. Mm-hmm. Because they, they, you know, they're like, how do you not hate yourself? I know it's like it's like you're Keith Richards in like a 16 year old body. How do you? How well, does that happen? You know? you know what's so funny is I was thinking of Tony, my husband. Oh yeah, like yeah. Super cool, super cool. But I'll tell you what, is he super cool now? No, he's not. No, yeah, he's you, not. You gotta pay the piper at some point, exactly. you know. <laughs> he's not cool. He's an IT guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you don't, if, if you're, if you're never, if you're never forced to uh, to struggle with your identity and cobble it together and then throw it away and start from scratch and then or make adjustments to it, you end up getting older without becoming any more of yourself or finding out who you are. So when you fit so comfortably into a pre-made identity, like a jock or the cool kid or, you know, Mm -hmm. a Hesher or whatever it is, and you never, and you never, as we said, go into the archetype and then out of the archetype, if there's never that second step of moving out of it, the world moves on without you. And guess what? 35-year-old Hesher isn't cool. Right. Yeah. Your mullet. Yeah. (laughs) Is not the kind of mullet the kids want. Yeah. Because people look at you. It's not an ironic mullet. Exactly. Because. People don't need to to get to know you because they already know you because they, yeah. they, they, you're you're obvious. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and things so, like that. Yeah. 
So yeah. uh, 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 for the last bit here on, I want to end with a kind of a, a fun thing before we talk to Heidi a little bit more about some of these projects that she's got going on, uh, is one of the cool things about this episode, uh, this show, and I watched all 18 episodes and I never skipped the theme song once. No, neither did same, no. No. same. And it's kind of a long one. Actually, you get, you get a lot of Joan Jett, you know, um, <laughs> So of course we're talking about yeah. bad reputation. Joan Jett, they're 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 taking their school photos. Oh, so great too! Like the way it's filmed. So good. So my yes. question to you is: If they had a show about your coming of age years, either middle school or high school, and it was a show about your life at that age, what would be your theme song for the opening credits? Son of a. BC Boys, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> so what you, what you want? Intergalactic planet. <laughs> <laughs> probably. So what you want is not a bad one. So what you, so what you want is actually is actually pretty good. I might have to pull up yeah. my some recent playlists I've been listening to in order to answer this it's question. It's so funny because I loved the BC Boys so much. I have not tortured my kids with the BC Boys at all. At all. Well, uh, wow. we Heidi, the yes. last episode of every set, what we do is we come together with a set list, and Jay and I pick seven songs, so we have 14 mm-hmm. total. This time, Jay, we're going to have 17 total, because the three songs that we pick today will automatically get put on that playlist, including Heidi's song. Nice. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so while you're thinking it out, talk to me about ingredients. What are, you, what are your ingredients you're looking for for your song? I don't want to hear you stalling, mumbling. So talk it out with us. What are you looking for? Uh, it's got to have angst. It's got to have, okay. right? Because it's Jay. <laughs> it's got to have a little <laughs> bit of cool vibe because Jay has a little bit of cool, even though he was a geek. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see what else. I'm just describing things that I know about you. Um, it's got to be a little, a little angry, but not like... I feel like it's got to be like the genre's got to be it's got to be punk genre, right? It's got to be like oh, something totally. Punk. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh Oh. Okay, so I I I may be just I may have picked this as I mentioned what we're talking about next week and which is uh uh, King Dork, the mm-hmm. the Frank Portman book. I don't, do you like? Did you ever listen to Mystery Experience, Heidi? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. so I don't know if you know but that Doctor Frank wrote a book called King. He wrote two or three, actually three books, I think. Oh. Um, but the first one he wrote was called King Dork, and it's um, that's what we read. And that's what we're going to talk about. So oh. for some reason, um, the Mystery Experience song, even Hitler had a girlfriend. Um, just keeps <laughs> circling my brain for that. So I guess I'm just going to pick that. Okay. That's, I mean, Mr. G experience is like by like years, like that, that was the band. Like it just had this, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. Paul McCartney does punk rock music, um, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, on there. I have my choice, but my choice is going to transition nicely into our, our last little segment. So Heidi, have you, have you locked in an official answer? Yeah, it's gonna be BC Boy. So what you want? So what you want? So what you want? You want? Mm-hmm. I like that. We can <laughs> we can do the slow motion. Like there's gotta be a lot of fish eye fish eye lens. Where you're just yeah, coming exactly. in. So what, so what, so what you want? 
in the woods you gotta do this in the woods yeah. my favorite beastie boys lyrics is i listen to the beastie boys all the time you know read their anthologies like that but uh-huh. i only know like i know like segments of beastie boys songs so if i'm like so what you what you want with the potty in the body what? i'm like the potty in the pot potty in the body is what you want uh, or like i'll be like something something stir fry you in my walk like i know like little yeah. segments of it you know right <laughs> You done it, done it, and your fingers pop. <laughs> That's how I am with like all rap. <laughs> all right, so mine off the uh, top of my head, uh, I like the there's uh, to, to vary the genre within this kind of angsty uh, or a teenage thing. We got some Mr. T experience, very kind of uh, punky. We got some Beastie Boys, this indie kind of rap rock thing going on, DJ thing going on. I'm gonna go with. Uh, something that I know Heidi is familiar with because she's going to use this as, as part of her, her platform. Bullet with butterfly wings smashing yes. pumpkins. Yes. Right. <laughs> One, my last name is Rats, so that does work. Despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat yes. in a cage. I feel like that would be part of it. Uh, and two, like that song, that whole album, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, oh. was the Magic. bridge from my elementary years into... My freak years. There was yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the bridge. That album in particular was the bridge from the geek to the freak in me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like totally. The, the, the bridge from the geek <laughs> to the freak in me. The geek freak. to my yeah. I came a, Rick James super freak is <laughs> yeah. my my thing, but I like that one, and it has that. I don't know if I was that dark or deep, but uh, I certainly sure. thought I was. I certainly, I certainly thought I was. Yes, yes, totally. Well, be, uh, before oh, we end this episode, uh, I want to throw it over to Heidi. Uh, Heidi and I just met today. I know uh, Jay and you go a, a ways back, but I also, from what I when I gather from Jay and from talking to you, you are a creative person who's got your fingers in a lot of creative pots. So is there anything that uh, uh, where people can go and see you or hear more about your take or views on the world or anything that you're, you're wanting to launch that people could be looking out for? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Heidi. I think it's Heidi Geldis at Heidi Geldis. Yeah, on mm-hmm. Twitter. Uh, and then um, you can find my website, uh, despite all my cage, not all my rage, all my cage, because it is about Nicholas Cage. So, yeah, go to despiteallmycage.com, uh, subscribe, and then you'll be able to get uh, eventually a podcast, um, eventually an app. I'm working out some kinks. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of fun stuff in there. Uh, sometimes I do stand up, so maybe you'll see me out there again soon. Thanks for giving us the who, what, where of your uh, projects here. Uh, if you want to find more Pop Bonsai, you can go to popbonsai.com. You can find us on iTunes or Spotify or several of your preferred podcast providers. We are halfway through our coming of age set. We have done City of God. You have just listened to Freaks and Geeks. And up next is the novel King Dork. So that will be uh, coming out soon. Uh, feel free to uh, like us on Instagram at what, Jay? I always forget. Uh, pop Bonsai Podcast. And mm-hmm. there's some underscores in mm-hmm. there, like pop underscore 
bonsai underscore mm-hmm. podcast. Or it, one of my favorite things to do on this on this <laughs> podcast is we make playlists based on our findings, uh, whether it be our favorite Bowie songs or our uh, favorite Halloween playlist songs or our favorite. Ooh, what was our last one we did? It was a good one. Oh, Gamer. Gamer set. That was a little bit tougher one, but that was fun stretching it and, and finding that. You can find that on our website or on YouTube or Spotify. If you type in Pop Bonsai with an A, not an O, uh, on uh, Google, you'll be able to find us. Uh, and when you do find us, say hello to your mother for us. And until next time, we will see you on the next Pop Wave! Bonsai!